Good morning again. It's the Tim and Nick uh, podcast on intelligent farming. Are as intelligent as Tim and he gets anyway. So we're here. So we've got Tim Tim Parton, manager of Brood Farm, and Nick Woodyatt, retired agronomist. You got the retired bit I in got again. get the retired bit in. Every time. I did. Oh, I take my time now. Just working on my house. I went the air. I didn't even have my hair cut, look, see? So I'm smarter now. Oh, no, I do. I went in and had my hair cut. He said, you're going bold. I said, well, bloody hurry up then. <laughs> <laughs> So, did you tell him you were retired? I <laughs> tell everybody. Um, we shouldn't really be laughing because, at the end of the day, at the moment, agriculture is in a very poor place. It certainly is, yeah. No, but uh, there's no point crying. We've just got to try and stay positive. But it is, it's a, yeah. Well, it's weather and political. That's yeah. the problem. We're be, we're more, being hit by all sides. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to be in Wales at the moment because, I mean, Drakeford, who, let's be honest, went nuts and paramad during the pandemic, is still at it now. And he, yeah. he wants to, what, 10, is it 10% of all farms down to trees? Well, we know grass is better than trees anyway, Yeah. For as far as carbon And we know cover crops are better than trees. Um, trees are perfect in the right spot. No, of course they are. Chucking them everywhere. I mean, I'd yeah. love to see his face when he goes hungry because... Well, but this is, yeah, but the thing he'd is... He'd probably be one of the ones that wouldn't, though, wouldn't he? Well, no, no, of course he won't. This is, but this is what annoys me about these this type of people, and then the BBC as well. I mean, they should go down to Africa and watch them growing food for us, and taking it. We're taking once again, and I know I harp on about this, but once again, taking the mouths, the food out of mouths of starving people, and bringing it over here so we can have pretty fields and trees. Yeah, and give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, there's no, just no sense of reason. But he is, he's, he is particularly potty us. <laughs> I do. I feel for them. Oh, I'm, yeah. But I mean, it's the same. That's more. such a good carbon sequester. Hmm? It's, 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 Grazing animals are the best thing yeah. for it, and so trees, it's, it's just a one-it wonder. You're not going to eat yeah. them. The but, but they'll say, oh, well, we don't need as much meat. No, we do. It's just the fact is we allow cheap meat in from abroad that is reared in terrible ways and doing damage. So if we actually protected our own market, we do need the meat grown yeah. over here. And it's a quality product when yeah. it's been grass-fed, and that's the difference yeah. they're not seeing. No, they, they can't, and he's particularly loony. But there is. you go. Yeah. But uh, it's bad, but, but then again... Where across Europe are they not setting fire things and, and complaining because it is particularly bad? It's they've just got the wrong information, and that's the trouble when you get people in power that aren't actually got feet on the ground and seeing what needs to be done and yeah. see how we can grow food, heal the planet, and have a healthier population mm-hmm. just by being a region farmer. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's just ludicrous. All yeah. this is unnecessary where it could be sorted out very quickly. I know it's it's a it's a shame. See. Tim Parton for Prime Minister. <laughs> the pubs had never should. <laughs> I bloody wouldn't. <laughs> um, I suppose on top of that then is the weather. Um, wet, wet and more wet. Oh, it's it, just relentless. Well, it is, it is relentless. I've been on to all my farms again over the last week. And the farm I went on to this morning, which is a plough and harrow farm, if it doesn't rain at all which is highly unlikely if the sun comes out and if we have a warm breeze he might get on it in a fortnight's time well you know what's happened there don't you make the structures just gone well, there's nothing a, left to hold it together yeah. it's just blancmange and it's, it'll just go right down to the axles where yeah. here it's it's not ideal conditions but i have i am out i'm putting a bit of nitrogen out there yeah. yes i'm leaving the tread yeah. pattern but yeah. it's carrying me there's no rutting yeah. that will heal once it dries up the biology yeah. will heal that well, it's, it's, and that's it's, the difference yeah, when you've got a structured soil, you can get out there yeah. and, and get something done. Mm. I know it, it it's uh, it certainly shows you the difference on 
on places like that, but it has been so wet. One interesting point at my house is I live on, bearing in mind I live on a floodplain, so I'm, I'm quite used to my bottom lawn with tiered gardening. We are very used to our bottom lawn disappearing under flood water. But it was interesting this week to watch when the team came back into flood, which is from Hereford, and all of a sudden my lawn turned red. Yeah. So once again, I an enormous amount, probably tens of thousands of tons of topsoil is toddled off down the river again. And you can't, you can't have it back. Well, it's no, it's, it's, it's not just the soil; it's yeah. all that nutrients that have gone with it. Yeah, all from just destroying yeah. the structure and just having no natural glues in that soil to hold it together. It's just gone, and it's all yeah. from just destroying it. And it's, it's, it's a shame. It's, yeah. it's their future. And funny enough, uh, the time I spent in Africa, they got red soils. They did have beautiful soils. And exactly the same. It all washed off, and now in many places they're growing on bedrock. Yeah, but that's what that's what happens. It's what it, if you go back to David Montgomery's book, Dirt. It's this is what's happened mm. time and time again in civilization on planet Earth. Is people abuse the soil. It's over a long period of time, mm. of hundred years, and the people in this generation now don't know what it was like hundred years yeah, ago no. when we had some nice soil and how deep it was. I know it's it's strange. We are in some ways an incredibly intelligent animal which is why I get a little bit umpty with organic people. I think we do do some fantastic things, but, I mean, there is no other animal that shits on its own doorstep like we do. No, oh, really. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really bad, but, yeah, what, what can we do? And That's, keep doing it, Nick. That's the other one. Well, but there are more and more people like you in looking at regen farming, and I, I'm guessing as well. It'll go two ways this year. There'll be farmers who follow the line of least resistance because... It's hard. It really is. And I've got every sympathy with them. So they'll go down the conventional farming route because the salesman will be telling them what to do. But also, other people might just start to think, hang on, I can't carry on spending money like this because it's not there. Interesting to note at the NFU meeting, they it's been announced that they've downgraded the um, wheat harvest from expected 14 million tonnes to 10 million. So that's a third before we've even got going. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's amazing. But the one thing that really got me, the farmer that was on the news was was complaining about the weather, which, as I say, I accept that. But he, he did say he said he's lost, he lost his crop. He's got very wet ground, so the seed's rotted. There's no more seed out there. You can't get seed unless you get it from abroad, which is a huge price. So the seed is gone. But then he said he'd lost tens of thousands of pounds worth of fertilizer. And I'm thinking... Well, that doesn't, make sense, that doesn't, doesn't make sense unless he's been out there in January putting fertilizer out there. How's he lost fertilizer? Unless I mean, it just doesn't make sense. No, because it's been too wet. And if you've put, even now, you're just thinking. I pers I mean, we've now got crops, which we'll come to in a minute. But we've now got crops that are hungry. Yeah, no. they've grown. They're looking fine, but they are hungry. Warm temperatures, things are moving, well, which is why I'm starting to get yeah, out there. But yeah, so. I mean, I said earlier on, the last couple of weeks, I've been out in my garden in a t-shirt working on my house because I'm retired, you know. And I, I couldn't believe it. And this morning I was walking around the farm, bits of me were starting to drop off. It was it's that cold. Even Not, a mummy bambi horticulturalist like you? Well yeah, that's, that's it. Well, I, builder, I, was, I should say. I, I, I am getting Namby Pound like you rest of you farmers now I start to feel the cold. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. So it's a regen farm, broods a, a regen farm has been for quite some time. You can travel. That is, I mean, that is down to a consistent belief and winning with the cover crops and building the soil. The, you yeah. can see it over the winter, though, Nick. There's been no pool in here. The soil's coped with that water yeah. coming in. And we've had, you know, I mean, we had an inch last end of last week. It, the soil can cope with it because yeah. it just filters through, but it's, it's filtering through 
but it's been held there as well. So because yeah. at some point the taps are going to get turned off, aren't they? It's obvious. Oh, you can just see a drought coming in in around about the end of April, May. Just you can just see it. Yeah. So well, at least I've stored as much as I can. Yeah. And that's that's all. I've one of my mm. you know. Um, reasons for yeah. going down this route yeah. well and also as well because we, and this is one thing we've discussed now we mentioned nitrogen unusual for you because you and what i consider the right way you normally go out around about now with a little bit of end and then fairly quickly with a bit more end to sort of spoon feed it as it is but this time we're going out with a with something around about 60 kilograms on the rape of n per hectare and probably fifth when you when we can get out on about 50 kilograms on the wheat purely because we know that there is bugger all in the soil it, no, it's been washed through it's you know my wheats look well but they're, they're starting to get hungry now and it's mm -hmm. been the observer that's what it, this is all about he's seeing what's happening um, thankfully temperatures are cool so the wheats have stopped again now but if yep. it came warm now it would be catastrophic it would. because those crops are going to start to move and the food isn't there so it's soon as I can, you know, we've got rain forecast again tomorrow, I think, so it's not looking good, but I will keep trying to push now and get stuff out. Yeah. Well, it's, it is staying cold, apparently it's staying cold for a week, so that, that would, everything's back in the fridge for a week, yeah. so that, which is fairly good. Um, yes, the, the N will be going out there, the balance of the calcifert or similar products will be going out, of course they won't be available that quick, so you'll be going out fairly quickly, again, when we can with a, uh, a folio. Of course, we have to remember that the foliar needs transpiration. It needs a bit of warmth. It needs a daylight, and it needs a warm soil to get going. There's so, no point going out there with foliar at the minute. It's no, cold. It's, it's just just like you've just said it. You were yeah. in your garden and you were huddled up. Yeah, no, and that's, the yeah. plant's exactly the same. Yeah. It's, it's shut down. It's cold. It's protecting itself. No. The last thing it wants is an ice cream. For yeah. one of a better word, you know, it doesn't want any food. It just wants to no. sit there and be dormant and leave me alone and be grumpy yeah. like you'd be in your garden. <laughs> and I'm grumpy all the time. <laughs> Actually, I'm not now. You're retired. Yes. Um, saying that, though, it is important, and certainly for people that are following you, that the folia will be the FS1, as you call it. We don't we don't go on timings. We go on when the plant's ready for it. So yeah. FS1, folia spray one, is locked and loaded, as it were. Um, and you'll be using the uh, Dutch folias in the main although there are, it's a Spanish Humate product slung in there as well. So you're planning to go out there with a phosphorus, calcium, potassium, magnesium, micronutrient, extra boron, extra molybdenum, as soon as we can. As soon as we can get and out And, of there. course, silicon. And I will chuck some tricontinuin as well, Nick, because I think that's going to be essential. I think so, yes. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I've played around with. I've, I've played around with tricontinol for an awful long time. I discovered it first time when I was living in New Zealand. And well, they actually let you in. <laughs> Bloody good job they did. <laughs> um, I think they were pleased to see me go. <laughs> <laughs> but try, no, try continent, I was, but, but I did learn very quickly that you need to be on, on the ball of how you use it. On the flower crops, I, I went to one rose grower. Um, I'd actually done a lot of work with silicon with him. I, I, I'd saved his. I'm, I'm quite proud to know that I saved his nursery. Um, got him back into full production. Then we thought, well, we'll have a playground with tricontinol. And we got, ev bearing in mind that you're trying to make a long stem with a rose on top. Uh, we went in with tricontinol and typical bloke, because it worked the first time, wanted to use more and faster. And more on we, effect. Well, there's a moron. So we said, oh, that's a good idea. So we chucked far more in. And we had 
every eye on every rose shot into life. Wow. It was stunning how he'd come in. I, and it was, you, normally, you could see through the rows, and all you got these rows, and it was, it just filled everything out. And, it, and that was that was from relatively small age, but he put it too much in too often. Yeah. So it just shows you. There's work coming out of Australia, which is suggesting that 50 mil per hectare on wheat is the, is the way to go forward. Yeah. One or two, preferably two early okay. on. Yeah. And it will increase the tillering. Now, we've got to have a go at that this year because there is a slight danger at the moment that the plants are tillering, putting two or three up and going, nope, that's enough, I can't handle any more. Yeah. And they might bloody stop if we're not careful. Yeah, so as soon as we, we can, need we need to give them a kick. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so Tricontinol may be the, the work. We will do a 50 mil per hectare on that. Yeah. I think if you were going to go on rape with it, you would probably wait until the rape is 18 inches tall to get the side shoots growing. Yeah. And that's only on farms that isn't, that aren't growing rape like cress, yeah. like most yeah. farmers do. Yeah, <laughs> so if you've had a poor crop, and only you think it's a poor crop, because when there's only one plant per square metre, I think that's brilliant, because that's how, that's how they should be grown. But if you've got what you consider a poor crop, consider the tricontinol at 50 two lots of 50 mil per hectare because you will get the side shoots going. Yeah. So that, totally that's agree. that's worth taking into consideration. Um, you're just having a delivery at the moment of 10,000 litres of Citadel. Yeah. Uh, which is a mixture of humic, fulvic, amino acid, amino N, I should say, and proteins. That's the one for anybody that's been following the podcasts or your website. You know that that's what you've been using as a straight replacement for N. Yeah. Not it, you augment, you put it with the end, but also you replace them with it, and you found that it, it it does the job. So hopefully that will help us this year get things going. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And of course, the carbon in there is going to feed the soil life. Yep, that's just, just yep. what we're after, basically. Um, because we're going in with more N, you're going to be adding more molybdenum, manganese, and um, silicon to convert that N into protein in the in the leaf, aren't yep. you? So that that's that will help stop pest disease. And the fact that you're putting more, you're going to put more silicon in, so that'll help because you can guarantee that at the moment, salesmen are going to be telling every farm it's going to be a bad year for Septoria, which it may be. It could be. It's but, going to be a bad year for something because you can always guarantee, can't you? Yeah, but that's the one they'll go I've at. I've never ever yeah. had a spring yet where so, and nobody's saying it's going to be a really good year this year. There's yeah. going to be no disease about. No, well, no, but they'll be, the Septoria is the one they'll pick on this year because it's damp and horrible, and when it goes warm, it will still be damp and horrible. And septorials will be the one, and they'll be telling everybody to get chemical on farm. Well, we'll all be doing that with balanced nutrition and okay, silicon. Right. Yeah. So, no, that's good. Uh, you had a good meeting with the Green Farm Collective? Yes. No, we're, we're just about to start and sell uh, regenerative certified produce now. So, we, we've got wheat contracts. So, uh, anybody interested, let us know. Let's say we, we've got a certain amount of volume for this current season, and then. We've got contracts now moving forward for 24, so uh, that's looking really good. So mm -hmm. uh, premium back to the farmer, low protein weight, so only 11.5% protein requirement, which should be easily achievable um, under 180 kilos of N. But by doing the failure feeding, Nick, we know we should be up there and still have the yield and uh, there'll be a premium on that. So to me, that's just a fantastic win situation because we're not getting that high nitrogen food in the, yeah. in the food system. We're not polluting the planet. We're not getting as much runoff, um, little on often approach with the food. So keeping the plant balanced, it's just uh, it's just what I've been aiming for. It's just what we've always wanted mm. is to have this and uh, move it forward. Nice. 
Yeah, it's and then from there we will be moving to barley and oats and and, and mm. beans and just taking the whole process forward. Then it's uh, and then eventually, hopefully, root crops and, and meat as well. Then, so. Who did you have speaking at the meeting? Uh, we we just did it ourselves. So this was just our launching last week. We we had um, Dan Kitteridge over from the United States. Um, I've been a fan of for a good while because I wanted to hear the results of the biometer so we can test the polyphenols, antioxidants of food. And the one thing that's always stuck out is it's a healthy soil. It's not so much the system, it's having a healthy soil, which is what I've always been raving about. If you've got a healthy soil, you get healthy food. It's as simple as that. And the one that really stuck out was uh, beef fed on herbal lays. And that was just through the roof compared to mm. a normal mono grass crop, so, you know, yeah. uh, cereal fed beef. Cows were never meant to eat cereals. They just wouldn't no, do no. that in the wild. So it's, it's just music to my ears to, to actually have the proof for that because it's something I've always been a big fan of. And mm. I only try to eat grass-fed beef, lamb, and everything else because that is the way. And yeah. it's respecting the food we, we eat. And yes, don't eat it quite as often. It's more expensive, but we don't need to have that much in our diet. But it's having that, that really healthy food when we do eat it. And that's what it's all about to me. And then it's carbon positive. It's not having the impact on the planet. Because a lot of the methane, it's only because the cattle are on a bad diet of cereals yeah. that they're burping all the while. It's just like us. Mm. If we get acid indigestion, we're burping all the while because yeah. we've eaten the wrong food for ourselves. And cattle are the same. And that mm. just needs taken into account. Lettuce with me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> burping all the time, but I don't think it's methane. Well, all the nitrates that are in there. Well, that, well, that more than likely is. Uh, funny enough, you, you're joking there, but that will be the truth. It's the same as I can't eat um, supermarket tomatoes because yeah. I get mouth ulcers. But the ones I grow at home, not, not organic, but certainly in a, in a much more wholesome way, I could eat until they come at me and it's yeah. fine. It's just like cucumbers. It's just full mm, of same. It's empty yeah. calories. It's just yeah. not what we well, want to be eating. My, my cucumbers at home, you could knock somebody out with one. Yeah. And you chop the end off and you put it in the fridge with a supermarket one. The supermarket one in the morning is all manky at the end. Mine's dried up. Yeah. So, no, it is that. Um, we are what we eat. Yeah, well, we are what we eat. Yeah, I meant, I, I obviously had a miserable bastard. <laughs> so, when are you planning on your first sap test? Um, sap test will be when it warms up. So, I would think more mid to the end of March, unless we have a, yeah. you know, a really nice, once you get to a stable warm period, yeah. well, things I'm, are moving because there's no point going out and doing a sap test at the minute. It's cold. Because we know it's got nothing. We can see exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the day after it could have warmed up or a couple of mm. days after, and it's a totally different yeah. result. It wouldn't be worth putting the effort in. I made the suggestion this morning that I, I'm planning on doing the first leaf test because you only use some sap tests at the other farms. I got to do a leaf test. I'm going to go in 10 days after the first foliar. Yeah. It's gone in there. The plants will be growing. Everything's going on. We'll have a better idea of what we need to alter. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. where it is. The only thing I will say to people is, for goodness sake, don't forget that <laughs> when you get the results from your leaf test, especially in season when it's taken a few days to get it, you've got to knock a decent percentage of what that plant's showing you off that leaf test because the plant will have used it up. Yeah. It's too many farmers and growers tend to, oh, look, the plant's fine. I won't give it anything. Well, of course, it's that's not right. No, it's common. <laughs> you've got to use a bit of common it's sense. It's gone. I mean, and I long for the day when we can have a handheld test and it's an instant result. Well, it's well, there. The, 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 it's strange. I'm surprised that some agronomist, and I don't mean a salesman agronomist, but some, you know, a, a young agronomist looking for a career at the moment because... 
it's a bit of investment because the, the gear is quite expensive. But you can put it all in the back of a van, go around on a farm, say, right, and you will get results within an hour of him being there. And yeah. I'm sure that you and most farmers would would be willing to pay for that. Yeah, to have it straight away. To have it straight away. You know exactly where you are. And have somebody to do it. It's it's, it's great. You're still getting the results back from your SAP test quickly from Den um, Holland? Normally within three to four days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No I said, and most people will scratch their head on that because you seem to be the only one who can do it that quick. But I mean... You've either got it or you haven't. Well, yeah. <laughs> and don't you hide it well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would personally, I was hoping we were talking more about spraying and what we were doing on the farm. Now it's, it's March on Thursday and we are still hanging on by air. Oh, fingertips just, just waiting. So, go, it? It no. just keeps, but you know, when you've had it wet for this long, it's going to turn oh, around. It is, isn't it? Won't you be long before we're yeah. saying, can we have it rain? I'll be asking you to do your rain dancing. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm not sure I could do that now. <laughs> you are retired. Though, well, yeah. not only that, my garden is overlooked by two or three old ladies now, so running around in the nip wouldn't be a good for You might make their name, you never know. <laughs> that would wake them up. No, no. Oh, the last thing I want is old ladies staring at me going, oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Um, so there we have it. It's not huge amounts of farming at the moment. We are waiting and we are getting ready to go. Um, I will be putting a diary up of what Tim is doing on his... Um, website in the next day or so so again you'll be able to see exactly what's going on exactly what he's doing and you can follow with interest and then we'll we'll speak to you again in a fortnight when hopefully then we'll actually see the sunshine because I'm, I'm not totally sure the sun's still there oh the forecast still doesn't look good at the no, moment. it'll just, come i mean it's just getting prepared yeah. because you, we were talking about it before we started recording it, you know it, when it does come it's going to be full war mm. it's, it's going to be which job to do first so oh yeah it's, it's just getting everything ready so once mm. it comes we'll be out there yeah we'll oh no you'll ready. be busy i'll make a change for you won't it? it will yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you for that, and we'll see you in about a fortnight. So, yeah, good thanks. farming. Thanks, everyone.